In working with substance use disorders, the population is often filled with those who are in the chaos of their addiction and those who are working to maintain their sobriety. But what about people who casually or socially use? What about those who simply do not engage in behaviors or indulge in substances and don't have an addiction? In the world of addiction recovery, it can be easy to lose focus on some of the people who can and those who don't as they become the lost child in this family system's perspective of addiction and recovery. Welcome back, listeners, to Talking Addiction and Recovery podcast, which is the follow-up to the book Addiction and Recovery, and I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier. This podcast explores discussions regarding important issues related to both addiction and recovery. Information you learn here is not typical of what you will find in academic textbooks and resources and comes from my experiences as a clinical supervisor, clinical substance abuse counselor, and licensed professional counselor, and the work with individuals and others in this field. Listen as guests join the show and cover a wide range of topics looking to educate individuals, families, communities, organizations, institutions, mental health professionals, educators, and anyone else impacted by addiction and recovery. As a substance abuse counselor, mental health professional, and clinical supervisor, a lot of the work I do with people is challenging cases. You know, I don't have a lot of people seeking my services because they drink like once or twice a month. I don't have people coming to counseling because they go on like an annual trip to Vegas and gamble. I don't have people you know, desperately looking for help because they smoke weed here and there. I, I also don't have a lot of people coming to counseling because they, for their own reasons, either decided to stop using a substance or engaging in a behavior or decided long ago to never get into it. These are the individuals who are not likely to meet criteria for having like a substance use disorder, gambling use disorder, or even problems with these substances or behaviors at all. So they don't meet, you know, like that addiction criteria or that they're having problems with it. The people I often see and the family members and loved ones that also seek help are the ones where substance use and other behaviors have really at minimal caused some problems and at most have led to some tragic consequences. However, I am not naive to know that in this world, there are a lot of people out there who do not fit into that those categories. And they do not have problems with using. They don't have an addiction. But they're also not in recovery from it. And within that spectrum, so to speak, there are a lot of places where a person can be. So they could be experiencing problems. They could be using every day and deciding not to stop using. They might be able to stop using and don't use anymore. Sometimes people are able to maintain abstinence. There are people along the way who experience a slip. There are some people who relapse back into daily use and so on and so forth. But looking at it from a they are in recovery or they are in addiction perspective is too much of that all-or-nothing thinking. And if, if you've listened to me before, you know my ongoing forever battle with the all-or-nothing thinking. 
But even outside of like the use disorder problem, addiction, and in recovery from from it, there is also a lot of people in this world who are still a part of this. You know what I'm saying? Like these are people in the examples that I mentioned above. You know, that's where we have some people who do drink, they do use substances, they do gamble, they do play video games, but they are not meeting criteria for having problems or a use disorder. But we also have people who just choose not to, that they never get involved with it, they never have. You know, hence the focus and title of this episode is there are some people who can indulge in substance use, gambling, video gaming, other behaviors, and it doesn't become problematic or addictive. There are some who, when they do, it leads exactly to those things. There are also people who indulge in substance use and behaviors in general, whether it's social, experimenting, casual, maybe it's very infrequent, but that can also be problematic or addictive. But there are also people who do not, and they choose not to for a variety of reasons. And it's not because they have a problem or addiction. So it's the some who can, the some who can't, some who do, and some who don't that we're going to talk about in this episode. So let's look at the first of the two categories. Some people can and some people can't. For a majority of people, using substances and engaging in behaviors like gambling and video game is not going to be a problem or lead to an addiction. Many people will be able to do this and not experience the consequences we often talk about in the addiction and recovery world. These people are likely able to have limits and set limits, and they can. They are able to say they are going to have one drink or stop after the next one, and they can. They can engage in other activities and interests without having to use alcohol or drugs. They don't go through withdrawals or have cravings. They don't need more and more in order to obtain the desired effect. They have other ways of coping. Social drinkers don't have to lie about their use or hide their use. They are not ones keeping liquor bottles hidden in drawers and in ceiling panels because when it comes to honesty about their use, they can do that. You know, They aren't burning through finances and selling personal possessions in order to finance their using or engaging in behaviors, and they can maintain their finances. They can use and not have it result in missing work or dropping out of school because they become so preoccupied with it. They can utilize other ways of coping and dealing with problems and issues without running directly to substance use or behavior. You know, people who can go out and have a drink at dinner or who can go out and gamble once in a while have the ability to do things that someone with a use disorder or problematic behaviors cannot do. So there are people who can do that. Now, that doesn't mean that's everybody because there are some people in this world And by some, it is less than the majority, but that is still a large number of people who, when they use alcohol, drugs, and engage in certain behaviors, it will cause problems and can lead to an addiction. It will impact their lives. 
and in how much that varies, but it will be problematic and it can lead to an inability to stop even after it has caused problems and devastations. These individuals, they lose control. They cannot have one drink and stop there. They cannot stop easily. They become preoccupied. All other life priorities begin to take a back seat. It becomes their only way of dealing with problems. And by dealing, what it really becomes is not dealing. They can't cope anymore. And by that, it is avoiding escaping and numbing. So and it becomes a frequent, everyday, even multiple times a day habit. No matter how many times they try and control it or manage it, the result is often the same, which is they can't. They make promises about stopping and not using, and they can't keep them. There is that line that someone crosses into that, and it goes from they started using, experimenting, and maybe socially engaging, to now they can't do that anymore. They are unable to. When they use alcohol and drugs or engage in other behaviors, they're unable to control it. They can't. And the ability to socially use or use once in a while is something they can't do. And they've tried. Tried multiple times before. They tried convincing themselves that they can and they can't. Told themselves hundreds or thousands of times it would be different. And this time they can. Only they can't. So for some people, when it comes down to being able to use substances in ways that aren't harmful and aren't causing problems and aren't addictive, they can't do that. When they use, consume, or engage in a behavior, they can't do all those things that someone who can is able to. So that's the first category of the can and can't. Now let's move into the second of the two categories, which is some people do and some people don't. So let's look at this from an overall perspective that there are people who use alcohol, drugs, they gamble, they play video games, and they engage in other behaviors for several reasons. Why do they do it? There's a ton of them. You know, to have fun, socialize, fit in with others. They want to numb feelings, escape problems, connect with others. They want to enhance an experience. They want to feel a certain way. They want to do it for entertainment purposes, to enjoy it. They want to do it for relaxation, for stress relieving. It's rewarding to manage or deal with pain because it's exciting for adrenaline seeking, for holidays celebrations, recognitions, reward, you know, rewarding. You know, some people do it because of withdrawal symptoms and they need to continue to use so the withdrawal symptoms go away. There are a ton of reasons and for whatever reason it is, there are reasons why people choose to do these things. And that is something that you know, you have to realize is that people do this, you know, instead of believing, oh, well, no one does that or no one ever does that. 
you know, yeah, there are people that do all these types of things and for a variety of reasons. It's not to say the reasons are good, that the reasons are bad, that the person is good or the person is bad. The point to understand is that in this world, for a variety of reasons, people do choose to indulge in substances and engage in different behaviors. As much as everyone wants to say that everyone uses or everyone smokes or everyone drinks, everyone gambles, the truth of the matter is there are plenty of people who don't. And that's the other part in this category is there are some who do, but there are some who don't. There are a lot of people who do not do any of this stuff and they choose not to. They do not engage in substance use, or they don't gamble, or they don't play video games. Or they, they, they're people who aren't on their phones all the time. And there are even people who don't use social media at all. It might be fewer, but it doesn't mean they don't exist. And, and most of the work I do as an addiction counselor, mental health counselor, and clinical supervisor... Those are people that have decided to not do it because they have problems with using your substance use disorder and they're trying to recover from it. And by doing so, a part of that is no longer using the substance or engaging in the behavior. However, they are not the only ones to not do something. This category of the people who don't, it's not because they have a substance use disorder addiction, is like that lost child. They are forgotten. And then when they are found, they're kind of questioned about why they decided not to. You know, a great example of this is people who don't drink alcohol, but they're not alcoholics. They just don't drink alcohol. This was talked about in the episode, Oh, You Don't Drink, Please Don't Explain. You know, we continue to question why people decide to not consume alcohol or indulge in something. And you, in that episode, I compared it to other things where you go out to a restaurant and you look at a menu and you might not like a certain food, you might not want something, and that's an entirely understandable thing. But then all of a sudden, if the waiter asks if you want anything to drink and it's alcohol-related and you say no, there's this question as to, well, why don't you? You know, why not? How come? People don't use or stop for several reasons. And as it doesn't mean it, it has to do with they are in recovery. It could be for health reasons. It could be for financial. It could be because they don't get any excitement or enjoyment out of it anymore. It could be because they have kind of grown out of it and they don't have time for hangovers and staying up all night because they have other life priorities now they make a decision that it's no longer worth it to do it. You know, it could be because they have seen it impact others and don't want to risk it. It's fascinating when you work and meet with families because we focus on how there can be like a genetic link to substance use or other addictions. And you sometimes trace back generations where family members have had issues with the same substances or behaviors 
However, there, you're always gonna find those family members that don't do it at all. They see what happens and say, I'm not even gonna start messing with that. So yeah, there are people who are like that and they stop drinking before they even got started or they don't smoke or experiment with drugs because they've seen what it does. These are the stories that often get ignored. They often become like the lost child who is easily forgotten. But let me tell you something, there's a lot to learn from there, from them. There's, a, there's some valuable knowledge being missed out on by the people who decide early on not to use or engage in certain behaviors. But as another reminder, that is not everyone. Some people don't use or stop using for many reasons. And that's something that we have to look at is because someone chooses not to drink alcohol or because someone chooses not to smoke weed or because someone chooses not to engage in a activity like gambling. And if you listen to the last episode when I had ambitious addicts on, you know, we were kind of talking about the example of gambling. And there are times where even workplaces will have gambling events related to things like March Madness, Super Bowl, and it will encourage employees to engage in it. And if you choose not to, sometimes people might question, well, why not? Why don't you? Why aren't you going to? It's pretty simple. Some people just don't gamble. Now, the truth of the matter is someone might not gamble because they don't see it as it's worth the money. Some people have no interest in sports. They look at it as, why would I even do this? But yeah, some people might not because they might have a problem with gambling. But it doesn't mean everyone who doesn't do it has the same reason or explanation. You know, so why am I bringing it up again? And well, the reason is because I'm seeing it happen. And I'm seeing people are talking about it more with other issues. It, it really started with seeing it in relation to alcohol. And being Wisconsin, there's like that stereotype that everyone drinks. And you're like, oh, you know, it's Wisconsin. And, you know, baseball started recently. And the idea of going to a Milwaukee Brewer game and drinking is like everyone does that. And I remember I used to, we used to take uh, residents to baseball games. We used to get tickets donated once in a while. And it was in the non-drinking section, but we would take the you know residents to the game, me and a couple staff. And I would purposely do this because we would talk about it beforehand and people would say, you know, everyone drinks or all they do at a game is drink. And are there people that drink? Absolutely. Are there people that go there and drink and can control it? Yes, there are. Are there some people who go and drink and they can't control it? I would imagine there are some of those people there too. And you look at there are some people that don't, that don't drink. And I would point this out. You know, I would purposely and strategically in a way notice someone not drinking you know, any alcohol 
and I would kind of like you know tap a resident on the shoulder and man and I'd say man look at that that guy's getting wasted and he's not and I would see you know a dad carrying a bunch of sodas for some kids and um there's no beer or anything and I would say oh man that 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 family's getting pretty drunk today at the game huh and they would laugh the the residents would laugh because they know my point they know that if you if that's what you're looking for if you are looking to see that everyone drinks you're going to look for the drinkers but if you're not looking for the people who don't drink they will easily become unnoticed but that brings up that idea that there are people that can go to a, a baseball game and you're going to have people who can drink and you're going to have people that do drink. You're going to have people that can't control their drinking and you're going to have some people who just choose not to. So alcohol was an area where I originally had been seeing this and then that sort of led to doing the episode on, oh, you don't drink. But I'm seeing it now with other issues. You know, I've had people talk to me about having to answer why they don't use marijuana or even CBD. You know, people will question, oh, you don't? You know, as marijuana continues to increase in availability through different states because of legalization and the continued boom of CBD, which is going to become a a topic, an episode next month to talk about it. Because it's being seen as more common now, that's resulting in people questioning why some people aren't doing it. Oh, well, why don't you smoke now? It's legal. And for some people, just because it's legal isn't changing their decision to drink, to smoke marijuana. You know, some people don't smoke. They just don't like it. Some people also don't smoke because maybe they are in recovery. Uh, I sat down for breakfast with a good friend of mine and we get, we get together once a month and he talked about doing the dry January and, and listened to the episode I did about it. And he, he also talked about deciding to eat like less meat and was focusing more on eating like plants and vegetables and you know, his family was working on growing their own food. And there were times where there was, you know, questioning about like, well, why aren't you drinking? Because he decided to continue to do it even after dry January. And then people even questioned like, well, not eating as much meat. And like, once again, you know, this is Wisconsin. So, oh, you don't drink, you aren't eating meat. Like what's going on? What's wrong? And it reminds me of a Seinfeld episode that was The Wink, which is season seven, episode four, where Jerry is trying to get healthy. And, you know, they go to a restaurant. He's with a girlfriend. And she orders her meal that has, like, plenty of meat. And Jerry's trying to ask about certain options. And every option he asks for, it's like there's more meat with it. And, he just decides to say he'll just have a salad and the waiter gives him like this eye roll and the girlfriend he's with is kind of like looking at him like what's going on with him and then you know throughout the episode he talks with Elaine who they talk about you know guys who don't eat meat 
So, you know, a, a part of that, you know, the comedic aspect of it is there, but that's also something that people go through when they choose to not do something other people question it so it's not just the alcohol but it can go even from something now like marijuana cbd you know gambling you know why don't you even something like eating meat you know for some reason people have a fatuation with questioning why other people don't do something that we choose to do now i'm going to use like my straight shooter approach with you right now that's some egotistical stuff going on right there. Questioning someone for why they don't indulge or engage in some behavior that you do is really making it more about you than them. Because why does it matter? It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. If you find yourself asking people why they decide to stop drinking or smoking or gambling, you might want to put up a little mirror and ask yourself, why does it matter so much to you? You know, I can go out and have one of the best times of my life and I don't need alcohol or drugs. If you are someone that questions that, and maybe how is that possible or why wouldn't I want to, it's probably more of some projection of what is in your hand and really has nothing to do with what's not in mine. Now, here's something important for those who choose not to. Be careful that you are also not projecting what you think other people think about you. Sometimes our own insecurities, fears, doubts, or being uncomfortable with our decision can lead us to believing this is what other people think when it's really what we think other people think. So there are times where people tell me, you know, it's like I have to explain why I don't use it. It makes me uncomfortable. And then I'll ask, you know, like, did someone actually ask you to explain? And... I'll get the answer, well, no, but I know they're thinking about it. Well, remember, straight shooter here, maybe that's what you are thinking. They are thinking because you are having some insecurities with it. You might be making yourself more uncomfortable believing other people are uncomfortable. When truth of the matter is, they might not even care at all. So be mindful of where you are and the decision that you've made or continue to make about it. Because sometimes our own decision leaves us with those doubts, fears, insecurities, and those can be projected onto others. So maybe it's not that I always have to explain myself or that I always have to tell people why I don't. It could be that I'm thinking that and I feel like I always have to, but that's not even really going on. So what do we do about all this? And I got, I got three things. Number one, where you are isn't where everyone else is. 
Just because you can doesn't mean everyone can. Just because you don't doesn't mean everyone does. Just because you can't doesn't mean everyone can't. Just because you don't doesn't mean everyone doesn't. We have to be more accepting that this world is filled with a lot of people and what people do, why they do it, why people don't, why they can, why they can't, it's not all the same. Number two is check yourself. Why are you focusing on other people and what they are or are not doing? If someone gives up alcohol because they hate feeling hungover in the morning, why does that bother you? If someone doesn't like smoking marijuana because of concerns about their lungs or breathing, or they simply don't like the smell of it, why does that matter to you? Why does that bother you? You do you. Focus more on why you are doing something or why you are not. Because a lot of times when I heard people talk about what other people are doing, it's an avoidant behavior in order to not look themselves in the mirror. Most of the time, what other people are doing should not matter. Now, I do understand that when it comes to like family members, loved ones, relationships, you know, being a helping professional, yeah, we do have concerns with someone else's behavior or use. I believe it's important that you check to see where you are before deciding to check on other people. I've seen people come at other people about their drinking or drug use when they aren't that far off from the individual either. So it's really important that you, before you question why people do other things or why they don't do other things, check why is that so important to you. Number three, help people where they are with what they need. If you're going to try and help someone or support them, you have to meet them where they are. You know, this is that traditional motivational interviewing training right here. You know, and in episode 51, which was what is California sober, I talk about defining sobriety and it's how important to ask the person what their definition is. Same thing here. We need to meet people with where they are. So if I'm someone that can drink socially or socially gamble, it's not going to be any help to bring a person into that and who can't socially drink or who can't socially gamble. Because of that, how you help someone or try to support someone should be based on what they need because of where they are, not because of what you can do or can't do or do or don't do. So for me, it's not about what I can do or what I can't do and then helping the other person. That doesn't work. It's not about where you are. It's about where they are. It's not about what you need. It should be based on 
what they need. If all four types, you know, the can, the can't, the do or the don't, come into my office and are looking for help, it's not about wanting them to be all in the same spot. It's not about trying to pull, convince, threaten, manipulate, argue into being where I want them to be. Part of it is understanding where they are and then looking at where they want to go. So depending on where you are and where you want to go, those can be different directions, but that's what matters most. It doesn't matter where I am with it or what I can and can't do with it or what I choose to do or don't do with it. Because too often than not, I see that. I see people, family members, friends, loved ones, they look at someone else and they're using or their engagement behaviors and they're looking at it in the position of where they are with it and it's not the same. They're probably not going to be the same or at least not right then and there. So depending on where you are, where you want to go, where the other person is, where they want to go, you want to help people where they are and with what they need. So in this world, you know, we have people who can and some who can't. And we have people who do and some who don't. You know, me, I work with anyone who wants to. Most people come to me as a counselor do because they can't. But maybe they do. And hopefully we might embark on the journey to where they don't. I also see some people who come to me who don't, but have someone they love and are concerned about because they can't. It's not just one. It's not just one or the other. There are different ways in which people have a relationship with substance use and other behaviors. So part of it is the whole purpose of this is a better understanding of the different colors in between the black and white thinking of they are in addiction or they are in recovery. So pay attention to you know, where you are, recognizing it isn't where everyone else is. Make sure to check yourself and make sure that when you're going to try and help someone, you help them where they are with what they need. Got some exciting episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. I have Dan Green, who is going to join me, and we are going to talk about guilt and shame. I also have the host of the Waffle Shop podcast, Taylor James, who is going to be joining me, and we're going to be talking about the concept of having a waffle. So check out his podcast. In the meantime, if you want to, think about questions and things you have in relation to guilt and shame as I will be having some guests on to talk about those different issues and really looking forward to seeing what they have. Make sure to check out the Instagram page, Talking Addiction and Recovery, for daily posts. And please go to any of the 
podcast platforms where you can write a review, leave a comment, give a rating. I love seeing what people have to say. And if there's some things that people want out there, they want to hear, they want to know ways to improve this and continue to engage into with listeners. That is what this is very much about. So please make sure to do that. And as always, I hope you learned something.